What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Today, I have a special guest for round two. That's Brad Ellison of what once was Somerset Painting and now is Ellison Painting. Uh, he is in the startup phase, the launch phase. He started his own gig and he is ready to take over uh, Michigan and uh, he's hitting it with a full uh, full steam ahead. So wanted to bring him on here. I wanted you to hear a little bit about his mindset going into this, uh, which I believe is is how everyone should go into it. Just guns a blazing and, uh, you know, pick up the pieces later, uh, you know, and uh, Brad's going through it, though. I mean, there's hiring issues. There's uh, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of things going on. Um, but, you know, this is what it's about. It's about sharing this knowledge and uh, letting you know out there that uh, everyone goes through this, but keep pushing, uh, keep fighting through. And uh, Brad's a great example of that. So you're going to love this. Brad's a great friend. And uh, I think you're going to get a lot out of this one today. Contractors all over the world are wanting more, more time, more freedom, more impact. The way we do this is through implementing systems, processes, standards. Welcome to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Here we hit business strategy, coaching, mindset, motivation, the tools you need for success. So strap in, listen up, and get ready to grow on the Contractor Secrets Podcast. There we go. All right, man. We are live. I got Brad, the CEO and founder of Ellison Painting. So this is a little bit different than our first meeting um, when you joined me on the podcast, which we were talking about your journey as a rock star salesperson, soon to be owner of the business you were working for. Um, mm -hmm. We don't need to get into too much detail about uh, what happened or why. Really, what I wanted to do today is uh, is is really just hear a little bit about the 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 grind that you're currently in man and I, I one thing i've noticed just to give everyone a heads up is like you know you you have tapped heavily into your resources man like so you worked for this company you started uh ellison painting you went and you got some exposure from uh people that are leading the industry uh jason paris obviously being surrounded by you know good people at the pca um, and dude, you've tapped your resources, man. You have Eric helping you with, uh, marketing. You're using drip jobs, uh, for your software. You have a mentor in, in Jason and Nick and all these things, man. So tell us a little bit about, um, some of the things, uh, that you're going through in, in trying to scale first, let us know what the goal is and where you're currently at, uh, in your, in your journey. Uh, sure. Well, first off, thank you for having me back on your podcast. I know I've expressed it to you directly, but man, I've really appreciated everything that you've done for me uh, since we met uh, over a year ago now. So I consider yeah. you a friend and uh, yeah, sure. you are you are wise and you offer so much value to this industry. So you, uh, just keep it up, man. We uh, yeah. Everyone here really, really appreciates you. Thank you, man. Absolutely. My pleasure. Um, so enough of boosting your ego. Let's boost mine a little <laughs> bit. Hey? <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, you know, it's been a it's been a wild three or four months. Um, yeah. So as you mentioned, and uh, uh, as we've talked before on your show and other podcasts that I've been on for a lot of years, I was running someone else's company. And um, I started with that company with a very clear goal um, and a clear agreement that I would start as a salesperson. I would take over management of the business. And when my partner retired, I was going to buy the business. A couple of years ago, we came to terms for a, for a purchase agreement. And um, 
really what happened is since we signed that agreement, a few things happened that were outside of my control that made the company not worth what we had agreed upon. So we, uh, we were still interested in buying the company. We made efforts to renegotiate. Uh, ultimately, it just all fell apart and it became very clear that we, we couldn't work together anymore. Sure. So <clears throat> my wife and I took a leap of faith and said, okay, well, start Ellison Painting. I have been highly, highly blessed over the past year, maybe 18 months, to make a lot of connections with people within our industry in a lot of different uh, positions, a lot of different sectors that have been instrumental in allowing us to get things going, uh, not only quickly, but man, on, on such a rock solid foundation. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I mean, Jason Paris, I consider a very, very good friend now. Um, he, I visited him up in Minneapolis. I spent a lot of time with him on the uh, Nick Slavic's uh, Ask a Painter Live Winter Retreat. I talk to him almost on a daily basis. He's coming to visit me in August. It's, he's just such a, he's such a great guy. He's such a humble guy. Yeah. And we couldn't be more different personality wise, right? He's like, <laughs> he's, he's like a, uh, like just a heavy, heavy introvert. And I'm the exact opposite. Sure. Um, but man, he's been, um, he's been so wise and so helpful and just offering me console. Uh, Nick Slavic, of course, and the group that he brought together for the Ask a Winter Live um, uh, painter live winter retreat, the, the relationships I met there in those four or five days are the guys are the people that I speak to every day. My wife and I had a FaceTime, uh, double date last night with Matt and Maggie Kuiper of carpet painting down in Nashville. They're, okay. Again, a couple of, couple of my really good friends and we love talking strategy. We love talking life. We love talking family and faith. Um, Chris, Chris Elliott and Emily Elliott and on it painting in Indianapolis. Brandon Pierpont is my marketing guy. I hired him. He's building my website. He's managing my SEO and my PPC. Of course, I'm using That's your system. Move. Hired Eric Fosnacht and Pathfinder Marketing. Um, I've said this, that I don't know that anyone has had a better chance at quick and long-term success in starting a painting company than I have right now. Uh, a lot of that is re the relationships, as I just discussed. But a lot of it is, you know, we have a little bit more money saved up than other people would have to start a, a painting company. A lot of guys start with, uh, as Jason Perry says, a paintbrush and a dream. And we actually have some money to invest and build a company quickly. I think this is going to be you'll interesting. probably find that you won't even use a lot of it. <laughs> well, now I, I'm worried. Like I haven't even launched a lot of my marketing activities and we have leads coming in like crazy. I'm, I just, yeah. before we signed on, I, I closed another $12,000 exterior job yeah. just through, through word of mouth. And sure. now I'm like, oh shoot. I've committed all this money to spend in marketing. Well, we even have the bandwidth to complete the work. Yeah. So I'm going to have to shift my, uh, my focus very, very heavily into the recruiting. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, you're, you know, you were, you know, what's interesting about this whole thing is that when you were selling for the other company, um, you were like selling for a company that was doing multi millions of dollars. So you already can embody that mindset of this is how many estimates i have to do this is the standard of which we need to do them uh and and i to you the selling is the easy part in mm -hmm. terms of the production managing the production sort of easy because you've done this and you've worked with subcontractors but creating the production was something that i think wasn't your responsibility it was already there for you maybe you had a part in recruiting some um i've seen you put some posts out but it was never like 100 your responsibility mm -hmm. to source these contractors to get them in line to create the standard how has that been for you in terms of like 
you know, what has been that the big challenge? I think you posted a poll the other day that you reached out to a subcontractor, mm -hmm. the guy was late, you know, and you're already having these, um, you know, these thoughts. And on top of that, I'd like you to hit on how do you avoid the temptation of compromising to satisfy your newfound demand? Mm -hmm. So the, the recruitment of subcontracting crews is absolutely going to be the most difficult thing in, in expanding and uh, scaling our business. We had, we had a lot of crews through my, my previous company. And when we left, I made a commitment to, obviously I'm not going to steal any of my old customers. Um, and we made a commitment to not steal any of the, the crews though. Some of them, you know, may prefer to work with me and they had the relationship with me since I was running the business sure. for a few years. Um, but I want to be above board. I want to operate with integrity. As you know, that's the biggest thing yeah. for me and my wife. And so, yeah, we started from scratch. Now, again, because I have I have some relationships within the industry, crews were being referred to me. And my, my Sherwin-Williams rep that I signed up for that I used to work with with my old business uh, referred some some crews over. We're starting there. Uh, advertising on our on our Facebook marketing group. Um, I'm... I, my wife and I are going to be spending some time at local Sherwin-Williams stores to try to see if we can find some crews there. We're doing, we're doing whatever we, we can to find those crews. But to answer your question, the, how do we avoid the temptation of, of kind of letting anyone work for us to start? That's going to be the hard one. So to follow up on that story sure. on, on Facebook, and for those of you that didn't see it, I had, uh, uh, this guy had reached out through the Facebook uh, Painting Contractors group wanting to meet to talk about subbing and said, of course. So I scheduled a date, I scheduled a time, I confirmed and I went. He messaged me about 35 minutes before our time and said, hey, I'm gonna be running about 20 minutes late. I'm like, no big deal, I'm here. I can catch up on other work anyway. And so I waited and then I waited and I messaged him and I called, no answer. And eventually 45 minutes after our scheduled time, I just left. So that's when I posted the, the poll on your group is, you know, how would you, how would you respond if I ever hear back from this guy? Well, I heard back from the guy and his, you know, his phone had died. Um, it had, he had dropped it in water the day before he couldn't get it to turn on. He was on his way there and didn't know where exactly he was going. So he pulled over into a seven 11 to charge his phone. It never turned on yada, yada, yada. I'm so sorry. My reputation or my name is my reputation. Uh, if you would give me another chance, I'd love to meet you. And I said, all right, well, I mean, in another sub possible sub crew tomorrow, I can, I will be at this place. I will meet you at 2.45 PM. If you show up, I'll still meet with you. Thank you so much. Oh, that's great. I'll be there. He messages me an hour before, Hey, we're still on for 2.45, right? I said, yes, I will be there. Homeboy never showed up. Messaged me saying, Oh, sorry. You know, it's, it's just such a far drive. Could we meet closer? It's gas is so expensive. Dude, you know what's crazy is like he doesn't know who he like how much of a bag was dropped in terms well, I, of what could have been given to him. Without spending That's crazy. yeah, without without wasting too much of my time in responding back to him, I just said, Listen, man, the crews that have worked for me have nonstop work. They're paid well, they're paid immediately. I never waste their time. And they know they sh they're never going to waste my they should never w waste my time either, especially two days in a row. So this is not going to work out. Best of luck to you. And that was that. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. Like I, 
I've needed so many second chances in my life in both big things and small. And I'm sure you have too, because you're like a person, right? We all, we all need second chances. Sure. Sure. And I always, I always want to give people the benefit of the doubt. And so like, man, of course I was skeptical that he was going to show up the next day, but like, maybe I, I need crews. And if this guy honestly just had, you know, really bad day and needs a second chance, I'll give him a second chance. Um, but I think, you need to be able to recognize when people show you who they really are. And I, I, I can't have that type of crew showing up I mean, for my job or in this case, I, I not mean, showing up. What's interesting is that if, if you were working for the other company still, mm-hmm. that would be a non-negotiable, not even a second chance to be given because you guys are operating at such a high level so fast that any hiccups just throws a wrench. It's almost like you guys had leverage in a mm-hmm. sense. And what's interesting is when we start up, we almost – feel like we don't have the leverage and we we sometimes that's why i wanted to ask this question because some people do this when it comes to their employees bro i mean they'll Mm -hmm. just bring on anyone because they need someone rather than having what you had in a sense after that second meeting of like you know what that's it you know we're done you know yeah that's definitely a danger when you're starting out it was a really good reminder to me that i need to i need to continually operate from a position of power um, not obviously not, that doesn't mean I want to control people, but I can't yeah. make decisions out of fear or, or desperation. Right. If, and there's a lot I mean, of pressure if, on you, man. There is, I mean, you got jobs mm-hmm. that are being sold, you know, I'm sure the schedule's getting a little deep and, you know, so right. we briefly talked about potentially going into employees. I seen you comment, uh, on one of Nick's posts about it. It's something maybe you guys are really thinking about, um, how, what, what has that been, you know, what's the conversation about that look like? Uh, yeah, so that was something that my wife and I talked about yesterday, which, by the way, um, I, you haven't met my wife yet. Everyone that has loves her. She's the absolutely best person in this whole world. That, this is how I know God loves me, because he let me marry her. <laughs> um, be, because we're starting out, uh, she actually decided to come work full time with me. And she had worked okay. um, she had worked with me previously at my last, uh, last company. She served as project manager for a year and a half. And that year and a half wow. was, was the easiest year and a half at that company. She is so smart. Um, people love her. The crews love her. She, she understands relationships, how to communicate. So, um, yeah, so she's, she's coming on board with me and that's going to be really, really valuable. What was your question? My question was, um, in terms of the employees, you know, oh, what the, employees, been, yeah. the thought process. Yeah. So she, we, we started chit-chatting yesterday about it because, you know, you, you mentioned it to me, got me thinking. I talked to Rachel, I mentioned it to Nick. Um, uh, I don't know if you lo- know Lauren. Oh yeah. You know, Lauren Fink, of course she's not on our group, right? Yeah. Chat a little bit with her last night. There, I think there's a lot of value in having at least a couple employee crews. The, the problem as you know, is I'm not a painter. I can't train a painter. I can't train people without experience to paint, which means if I'm going to start that process, I have to find someone that has the right skill set. They need to be able to paint. They, but more importantly than that, they need to be able to train other people to paint, and they need to be able to have. They have to have some leadership skills in order to, to lead a crew or two, right? Um, and and we, I don't have any experience in the employee model. Everything that we I've ever done in the painting industry has been through subcontractors. Um, but as I've shared with you before, God works in my life in very direct ways. I feel like He grabs my shoulders and he's like, nope, go this way. Nope, go that way. Go that way. Here's this opportunity. Yo, 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 do this. Um, so to go off on a bit of a tangent, when my wife and I bought our house four and a half years ago, 
uh, we bought it in like our dream city. Uh, it's got a creek in our backyard. It's two and a half acres. It's a beautiful house that needed to be renovated. And we're in the process of doing all that. But we, we verbalized that our vision for our home was for it to be a haven for people that needed a place to stay. And that could be for a short time, could be for a long time. But we, uh, we really believe in putting our money where our mouth is and, and God get, has given us a certain amount of resources and we feel uh, an obligation to help people. Um, so the reason why this is relevant is very recently, there's a, there's a guy at our gym, he's a 22 year old guy, super nice guy, super responsible, but had a bit of a rough upbringing. He is, his roommate was moving out of town because he got a new job and he can't afford to live by himself. And so his option was to move back in with his mom, which, you know, I won't go into details, but not a healthy situation. So I talked to Rachel. I said, Hey, um, this guy needs a place to stay. We know him. We trust him. This is an opportunity for us to put our money where our mouth is and let's open up our home to him. So in the midst of our huge, we're, we have cabinets being installed today as part of our uh, renovation at our, at our own house. Uh, everything's torn up on our first floor. We have a guest room and we have a finished basement. So this weekend, this guy moved in with us full time. He happens to be a, uh, a former painter by trade. He, I met him through the gym. I didn't meet him through the painting industry. He works at a manufacturing company right now, making like 17 bucks an hour. Uh, but for two and a half years, he worked for his uncle's painting company, managed his crews, rebuilt decks, did carpentry, did finish painting, did everything. And I, I didn't bring him into my house, obviously, so that he could come work for me. But I brought him into my house so that he would have the opportunity to breathe and figure out what he can do with his life moving forward without the pressure of all the you know, financial burden of trying to live on his own and not really having any male mentors, not really having a vision of um, or an experience seeing what a healthy family could look like. You know what? Maybe God orchestrated this so that he would see an opportunity to work with me and I could provide him an opportunity to, to really start a successful career. And in doing so, helps my business. I mean, this might be the ideal ideal situation where I could bring him on as a uh, as a foreman or crew leader and start building the team around him. Now, again, I don't know if that's what where we're going to go, but I am I am always looking for those opportunities, uh, and this this might Amazing. be one of those. Right? I love it, man. I love it. It could be, you know, and I I could operate be. in the same way. You know, I think being open and and you know, you created that opportunity through listening to the call, man. You know, and I and mm. I think one thing that I wanted to point out in this is the humility you've shown through just seeking the wisdom of others. And what's interesting is, is when you do that, look at all the doors that have opened to you um, because people want you to win, you know, like they, I don't know, there's something about your personality. They want you to win. Um, but it's because you're, you're purpose driven. It's not just because you want to get rich and make a lot of money. I think that you, you could do a lot of good with it and create a lot of jobs. And if I could convert everyone from the sub model to the employee model, I would just because of what it's done for me in my life, you know, and the, the, the relationships that I've built and we see these people every day and they wear our brand and they, and there's some sort of, there's a feeling of like, um, uh, just, for me, it's, it, you know, what I've seen is just like people love representing the brand and what it means and the culture and the values. And from my experience, not all the time, but from my experience with subcontractors, many of them are in it for their own best interest. They want to make their money and they want to go home and it's all about the number and it's all about, you know, they're, they're not going to, some will, but most, you know, don't have that 
that awareness of their actions and how it affects the whole because in my business the brand takes care of their family the brand allows them to achieve their goals you know they know that every customer needs that experience and you know if you've never experienced that i truly believe that it's it's a it's a it's one of the best parts of business really i mean when you operate in the subcontractor model, what you're really doing is you're building other people's businesses, which isn't a bad thing. But mm -hmm. what that could do is essentially create, um, you know, a, a divide. It's almost like just a transaction rather than I'm providing jobs for people that come to work, wear my brand, wear my culture and what you're doing with the young man. You know, look at all the op opportunity that that could turn into. It could give you the ability to um, to to work on the muscle of taking somebody and instilling the leadership values that you have learned and your wife know um, into somebody and seeing if that could be taught. And if it could be taught, can it be systemized and can it grow from there? Um, you know, I think it's 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 awesome. And yeah, you can always do the sub model, but having one or two crews, like you said, man, I mean. It's, it's a good thing and it's powerful because you go to the customer and you say, Hey, you're going to meet if let's say his name's Joe, you're going to meet Joe. He's our project manager. Um, he's been with us for this many years, you know, and, and you can say, you know, you know, these guys are committed to our brand. We're not using subcontractors like everyone else. So you, you can, you know, when to use that and when not to, I've used that as a uh, sales point. So that's exciting, man. I think, uh, you know, I'm sure you'll know what to do when the time comes. You know, I've had, the, I've had that conversation about, impact uh and and le building a legacy uh with with guys like chris elliott you know he's primarily a subcontractor model and but he's thinking about getting into an employee based like a hybrid so you have you know half and half and i understand i understand what you're saying that you, you obviously have a more direct impact on the people that work for you if they're working for premium painting or ellison painting um but as an entrepreneur myself i actually love the idea of helping these guys build their business and if i can help their help build their business while they're helping to build mine as well i think it could be a very valuable win-win not just for them and for me but then for the industry you know if i can spin off uh a, a few other mini ellison paintings in the sure. area that are kind of running very highly professionalized organizations i think that's good and yeah it hurts it, it'll hurt each time that one of those guys decide you know really figures it yeah. out and it knows how to go out on their own and they're no longer working with me. But yeah, that's a, that's a price of doing business yeah. and, and doing it that way. So uh, like I understand, I think it can be done both ways. I think you can accomplish it in different ways and have different types of um, impacts. Um, but I, I, do, I do believe that it can be done through the subcontractor model, the opportunity. but that's what's interesting is that I've been doing this with employees for so long that it's like you see these individuals that need an opportunity, and mm. most of the, of the time the subcontractors have it together. I mean, you know, if yeah. you're going to hire a subcontractor, they typically understand business. They they could sell their own jobs if they want. They can provide for themselves. They're mm -hmm. usually pretty self sufficient. But then when you when you put together a team of employees, usually you're dealing with somebody that doesn't like where they work that wants an opportunity to be in a management position or wants an opportunity to work for a growing company that wants the feeling of security, um, that wants to, you know, I mean, it's just interesting, but yeah, having the balance, I believe is, is, is you can have it both ways. You can impact other businesses or subcontractors, but, uh, I can go on and, and on, on, man. on a, on a practical business, uh, operations level though, it is different being down in Florida than up in, in Michigan. The, the, obviously the big value to operating with subcontractors is the seasonal scalability. 
Right. Uh, so I, I could envision it. Maybe I have eight to 10 employees but working directly for this. Ellison Painting. I will and say this. There's one person in the world that has completely convinced me otherwise when it comes to the, the winter, and that's Nick. I mean, the guy keeps his employees busy throughout the year. He's got 24 of them. Yeah, I know, but you don't. He's, I think he's got more than that, actually. Uh, but but you, you don't you don't base you don't base the rule on the exception. Sure. Right. And so let's, <laughs> yeah. everyone's I'm, I'm certainly not Nick Slavic. Yeah. Uh, and not not everyone will be. And right. even uh, Jason Paris, who runs a much larger, larger organization than Nick, uses subcontractors and it scales yeah. seasonally. Right. Um, but even Jason, he's they're They're now planning on bringing on uh, some employees. Yeah. Probably going to focus primarily on interior and they'll keep them working yeah. year round. And that's a vision that I could see for Ellison painting as well. Um, for now, what I got to do is get some crews, sell some, some jobs and get rolling. So how far jobs. out, how far out are you booked right now? So you started, when did you start selling? So you started, um, I closed. Yeah. So I, I, I closed my first uh, estimate last Monday. So that's last Monday. Monday. And how many ago. crews or how many people did you have in production at that time that you closed it? Because it couldn't have been much. <laughs> like, what, what I, had one, I had one solid crew. One crew. Um, one crew, but he has uh, six guys. So this is what I want to point out here, okay? Because this is something that I teach a lot on my podcast when it comes to my business breakthroughs and all the different things mm -hmm. that I do. Is like you went in with the mindset of like, I'm going to find a way or make a way. You've hired two marketing agencies Brandon Pierpont, Eric Fashnack. Okay. You have a, a phenomenal. Well, and I'm, Wait, I, what? I just, I just placed an order today for 50,000 door hangers uh, oh, through another so local have, campaign that are going right. to start being delivered next week. You have three major marketing avenues for being some word of mouth. You got mm -hmm. a phenomenal software and drip jobs. Just saying, I mean, I've heard it's great. Um, it's, working so, but, it's working well so far. Yes. All right, cool. But listen, but what I want you to see and anyone listening to this is that you literally hedged your growth and motivation because you're literally forcing yourself to find these subs, forcing yourself to be creative when it comes to hiring, forcing yourself to recruit mm -hmm. every day. That's your focus because you know, the demand is coming. You're no different than anyone else. All you really did was reach out to the public resources that all of us would be happy to share all of our information, all of our resources. Anyone can reach out to Nick. Anyone can reach out to Jason. Anyone can reach out to Eric or Brandon or even Ryan or anyone who's like putting themselves out there to say like, come here, we'll help you. I'm sure anyone can find some of the new mailers, right? You did that. You actually acted. You made the decision to pay the money, to pay the, the, the ticket price, to unlock the resources of these individuals, great. And you found one subcontractor crew and you're literally selling jobs as if you have five or six of them. Well, I do have more now. So I have, I, I have since then, since I sold my first job, I have uh, four other crews that have committed to, to take and work from us. Now the oh, volume of work that they're going to be able to do with us. Because you know, no, it's sure. coming. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. it's coming. Like you hustled to find them and you're going to keep going and going and going to find them. I, I just think like what you did there, like was automatic for you in a sense, like you kind of just like, like stepped into it. But what you really accomplished was, was something that many, many, many individuals who want to get past a certain level of, you know, growth, just, just freeze because they don't, they don't spend money on the marketing because they're scared. They can't keep up with the demand, right? Mm -hmm. That's a fear that you've, you have, but you're forced to, because you've already committed to the marketing. So essentially you have no choice, which is a good thing because now you can act on the recruiting, act on the hiring, and all right. that stuff is just so good, man. It's 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 well, com it's commendable. 
and the reality is, I mean, you understand marketing is you can slow down your marketing efforts and you can slow down your, your marketing spend if, if things get backed up too much. Right. But for now, I'd rather go guns a blazing, get a, sell a bunch of jobs. And as you mentioned, force myself to find the, the crews to do the work. And, and it's, I mean, there's a couple different strategies there. You, some people have that measured strategy. They're not going to try to sell any more jobs until they know they have their crews going. Well, I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm like, I'm just going to sell. I'm going to step is, forward. What is, what, is your, what is your, so, so when you made the decision to do all this, right, I'm sure it was mm-hmm. kind of scary, right? I mean, could you be honest and say that jumping out on your own from a place of 100% certainty was, was a decision that took a lot of thought, maybe even prayer, just was this a big decision for you? It was a, a huge decision. And if you had, if you had told me even three or four years ago that I was going to walk away from the type of money that I was making each year, working for someone else to risk it all and start my own thing. Like, That's not me, man. Uh, so but, I have two questions for you. I have two questions yeah. for you in terms of um, the, the leader of the previous organization. What could he have done differently to sway this in a way to where you would have stayed? Um, well, it's, it's a very complicated situation. The reality is he's, you know, he's coming up on retirement age and his, he was told from his financial planner that he needed a certain amount of money in his bank account before he could retire. And that's ultimately, I I couldn't offer that. I couldn't, I couldn't promise that I was going to give him that, that amount of money. So the only thing that he could have done really is said, okay, well, I need less money, I guess. But if you need money, you need money. So the only option for him was then to keep working. And it, because of how the negotiations kind of fell apart and how our personal relationship kind of fell apart, I didn't, I didn't see us being able to work together moving forward. Um, so I, I, a guy like me, I don't know. I mean, I, I want to be my own boss. So that I don't know that he, there's anything that he could have incentivized me with to stay and continue to work for him when I really needed to be working for myself. Sure. Sure. It was just a, yeah. So in terms of that, the push to, to take action on the decision had to have, you know, what I always reference is, is a why there was something greater than, um, your own, you know, your own self-interest. Cause you probably would have done this a long time ago. What was, what's that thing, man, that's driving you beyond just the money? Um, is, is there some greater purpose that you're wanting to achieve? I mean, cause I'm sure you know that the money's never going to satisfy you. So what is that thing that's pushing you to, uh, to make the decision to go through with all this craziness? Well, I, I guess there's probably two fundamental reasons. The first one is, um, uh, and I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but uh, eight years ago, I, I I had to start over from scratch. I lost everything. I had been married before. Uh, my wife and I, ex-wife and I separated. Um, when we separated, I lost my job because the, the guy, uh, I was a sales director for his company. And basically he said, I don't want a divorce guy being the public face of my company. So I got fired. I got kicked out of my church, lost all my friends. Um, I was, I mean, I, I had no control over my situation. And uh, so when, when Rachel and I got together and got married, we had a, a shared vision that we didn't want anyone to control our future anymore. We wanted to have 100% control. And that might mean we, we make less money than we, we would if we were working for someone, but we wanted to be in control of that. So after, right after we got married, we quit our jobs. We started our first business together, which was a health insurance agency, which is still up and running that, that Rachel no runs on the side part-time. Yep. 
Um, and then that morphed into a sales contracting business. And our only customer for that sales contracting business was that other painting contractor that I was running. Right. So even though I was, I was running his business, I was kind of working for him. It was still my own company and we were making our own money. Right. So that's, that's part of it is, uh, we believe that we want, we don't want other people to control our, our destiny, uh, career wise. But more importantly than that for me is um, I'm, I want to change the legacy for my family. And I love my family. I love my mom and dad, um, but they are not married and the divorce wasn't great. And my relationship with my dad has been strained for, you know, more than two decades. And I want, I want the legacy in my family to be that we are um, hardworking. We, uh, we love people. We are generous, um, and I want my kids to see a healthy family situation. I want them to see that their mom and dad not only love each other, but we like each other. Uh, we have a, we have a family motto. Um, we do those family meetings. Have you started doing those, by the way? I have not. I've seen it, bro. Though. You got to get on the family meetings. Yeah. Um, and we have a family motto, and we review it every time uh, we have a meeting uh, on a weekly basis. It's <clears throat> Our family wants to be silly, be kind, and be adventurous. My whole focus in my life is, man, I just, is my, my family. And the, the best way for me to provide for my family and set an example for my kids and be a good partner and sometimes leader and sometimes follower for my wife is to run, a, run our business, run it with integrity, run it uh, in fairness, um, and just do what God calls us to do. Just like be, you know, as Nick said, Nick Slavic says, simply be decent human beings. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you, you do, you do that. Uh, I mean, going back to what you said earlier, that's what I think that's why people are willing to, to help me and why I, I've made so many friends within this industry is because I think I just treat people. Okay. And I love people. And yeah. I, I know I'm not the smartest guy in the room ever. And I'm certainly not the most creative, which is why Ellison painting is not, you know what it is? It's, it's a Paris painting, Nick Slavic painting and restoration, Harpeth painting, premium painting 2.0. All I'm doing is taking everything that you guys have done and have done better than me over the past five years and building a company around those things. Wow. And, and that's awesome. You know, and one thing that stands out to me, you know, I'm fascinated with, you know, uh, just one thing I'm fascinated is what pushes people to go beyond their limits, right? In terms of being heroic and essentially like, dude, you're trying to be the hero of your family. And that's something that I identify with very well, you know, uh, trying to change the course of the chaos. And I think business mm -hmm. offers us such a blessing to be able to do that. I think business is uh, one of the greatest personal development uh, courses and training that you'll ever get in your life is going out on your own and figuring it out. And every day you wake up, everything is 100% on you to not only provide mm -hmm. for your family and provide for the families uh, of the individuals that come to work for you or the subcontractors. And dude, this is a powerful spiritual journey that you're embarking on. Uh, and, 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 and again, I speak for all the people that have helped you. I'm, you know, we all want you to win, uh, cause you make us better, right? You hold us to a higher standard and that's a cool thing. And I think, uh, the more you collaborate, uh, with others doing, doing good things in the industry, the, the better, you know, off you'll be, but hearing your story, um, you know, I mean, it's just powerful, man. And I, there was a word that you left out and I, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying this word in my head over and over and over again, when you were listing 
uh, of the words that you identify with in terms of how you want to be seen as a family. And I think resilient is a word that should mm. be at the top of the list, man. That's a resilient attitude to be down on the lowest level of life, which I can't comprehend because I know it was probably really hard, especially someone like you who, you know, loves and cares, but resilience, bro. I mean, it's such a powerful, uh, powerful word that I think should be worked into the, uh, to, to the queue. Appreciate that. You know what? One of the big things that experience taught me was um, to have a lot of grace for other people, because throughout that, throughout that uh, kind of period of my life, there were a lot of really terrible things being said about me that weren't true. Um, and it just goes to show you that you never know what's going on in someone else's life. You never know if if things that so someone is saying, you know, what's the what's the other side of the story? Um, and so that's why, you know, this kid that's living with us, man, I'm not going to judge him that he's, you know, for, for where he's at. He never graduated high school. I can't judge him that, that he didn't finish high school. You know what I can do is say, hey, move into my house. I'm going to pay for you to get your GED. But that's the that's the only expectation I have. You move into my house. You live here as long as we need you to live or as you need to live here. You're going to get your GED. And uh, and then we're going to then we're going to talk about how to get you to the next phase of your life. Yeah, because um, that dude he's a great kid. I don't know what he, I, I got to, I got to show him grace. Just like I needed people to show me grace yeah, and that wow. people continue to show me grace on a daily basis. That's, and you know, what an, what an experience for your kids to see, you know, just to, uh, to witness the, uh, the goodness man. And, mm -hmm. you know, look, I'm, I'm going to put in my vote. I'm pulling for this kid to be part of your company. I'm pulling for <laughs> into, I mean, seriously, like a GED is cool. And I understand it has its place in terms of, uh, you know, certificate and what it does, but there's no greater experience than, than learning the art of managing other humans mm -hmm. and initially off the bat i assume that that would be something that he will be assigned to do because when you have mm -hmm. been given the task of managing others immediately you're held to a standard that you cannot hold yourself to on your own and sure. i think that's something i'm addicted to man i want to be in a position of leadership because it gives me the ability to create a hedge against my own faults. In other words, mm. me putting myself out here on this podcast and giving advice and telling people to do certain things with their business. Guess what? Yeah. When no one's listening or watching me and I can go about my day and do things, I won't be able to live with myself if I don't operate in a way that reflects the advice I give or uh, what I tell my employees to do. So uh, it, it's so well, cool, man, the, the, bro, the art of managing others authenticity is important. And that's why, that's why I like you so much. I, you know, when I talk to you when we're recording and when I talk to you when we're not recording, you're the same guy. And that's, and I <laughs> yeah, think that we found, um, you know, we found a really interesting circle of people within sure. this industry that, that is, that is that I don't, I don't have time for people that aren't authentic. And yeah. if, if you're showing one face, one, one face publicly, and then a completely different face when we're behind closed doors, I'm not here for it. Sure. Um, yeah, you. I think you're a great model of that. Thanks, bro. Thanks. And, and yeah. you know what, man? I just want to say, appreciate it. I mean, there's a lot of people listening, um, you know, to this podcast. They will be when I when I put it out. But uh, it's it's a story of hope, man. It's a story of courage. Um, and that's why I was excited to get you back on here because, you know, anyone who hasn't heard Brad's uh, podcast when you first came on, it's probably a totally different tone. You were on a totally different plane. Everything mm -hmm. was set out for you. The path was laid out. You're like, I'm going to buy this company. It's mm -hmm. already cooking. But really, man, what this is doing for you is creating such a character building opportunity 
to, to, for you to believe in yourself in a way that like you would have never had that chance because it was already laid out for you. Now you're building it from the mm -hmm. ground up scratch mm -hmm. straight up but what's it's just amazing man it's it's a really cool thing and i think you can correlate this to what you did with your life eight years ago right you had to start from zero and look what you have to do now and i mean you already have the skill set to do it with your life it's it's you know it's nothing now when it comes to business yeah and i, I hope we're successful but you know what the reality is uh if we're not i've lost everything before and i've come out better on the other side oh. and, and now mindset and if and if uh, if I do fail, uh, I can still stumble forward and come down and work for Tanner Mullen, or work for Matt and Maggie Kuyper, or work for Chris Elliott, or work oh. for Jason Paris. I bet oh, I can get a dude, job. I would love to have you sell my jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to have you come sell here, man. This yeah. would be like taking candy from a baby uh, here, man. You know. So listen, Brad. Thanks so much, brother. I know you have uh, a lot to do today. Um, again, man, just a, a great message of the grind. Hope I'd love to have you back in about three months just to see how far you've come. It's always good to get those catch up stories and uh, best luck to you. Ellison yeah, painting. If you haven't seen Ellison painting, they have probably one of the coolest logos. So look mm -hmm. it up. It's pretty sweet. It's like a, it's like a Phoenix. I don't know what it, I mean, it's just powerful. It just looks cool. Can't wait to see it on some trucks and, and see your mm -hmm. progress, man. Well, appreciate you Tanner as always. All right, brother. Take care. All right. What's up, guys? I hope you enjoyed that Contractor Secrets episode with Brad. And before you head out, I have a really cool pro spotlight coming up for you. Uh, this is a Drip Jobs user that is crushing it, so you can hear a little bit about what they're doing in their business and how Drip Jobs is helping them. What's up, everyone? I got my good friend Aaron here, Bounty Painting, who just reinvented himself, as he put it in his own words, in terms of growing his business. Um, he was on a business breakthrough, so if you've heard of him before, it's probably because you listen to his breakthrough session, uh, drip jobs user. And today he's going to share with us some raw, authentic thoughts. We have not rehearsed this, so it could be bad. It could be good. I don't know if it's bad. I probably won't post this if it's good. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Aaron, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? I'm, I'm great, man. Tell me, man, let's get, tell me your thoughts, man. So you've been using it for now three months. Um, you were not a skeptic. You really just went all in because, you believed in me, which I appreciate, but again, that doesn't make up for whether the software is good or bad. So tell me your thoughts, man. What has it been doing for you? Uh, right out of the gate, it follows up. And even if you're good at sales, that is the hardest thing, especially, I mean, if you want to be really successful, you got to get good at cold calling. However, it beats everybody up. And if you've been told no by the same person two, maybe three times, it beats you up. That's just the way humans are. The best salesman I know, it beats you up. Yep. Drip Ups does it for you automatically. Yeah. One of the first jobs I got, I, I think I signed up in like October, um, maybe very early November. And instantly um, I got a referral off the internet and I set them up through Drip Jobs. It was my very first, and I know it's not this way with everybody, but it was my very first Drip Jobs uh, set up it followed up with them i got a five-star review organic completely was not related to him sure. uh, he loved the communication i've had i've got several stories like that you follow up you give him a proposal and it's not that i forget about it i don't have to continue to worry about all right did i follow up in a day did i follow yeah. up and there's been a couple of times when people are like hey leave me alone i'll let you know when i'm ready you can disable drip jobs. It's completely customizable. It's, it's made, it pays for itself. Yeah. I love that, man. And I think 
you know, early on, it's like, well, I think that's too much communication. And my argument is, well, here's the deal. It's either you have something doing this or you have to do it. And if you have to do it, then you, chances are with how busy you are, you don't do it. And then right. nobody's happy. So, um, you know, for anyone thinking that this is too much communication, honestly, do you feel like your customers are bombarded with communication or do you feel as though it's the right amount? Customers are appreciative and the, 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 the sum, the average customer, not the, not the outliers who just don't like it, but the average customer, do you think appreciate the communication? Yes. Good. Absolutely. Um, That's what and point of view, cold calling is king. Sure. Um, you, you have to do that. It does it for you. Like I said, um, it has, I'm your customer. Sure. It me more money. Like for example, I got an email and one of my drips is an email saying, Hey, we couldn't wait any longer. I got two jobs two <laughs> in the last $10,000 jobs in the last 30 days because of that email. That's crazy. Here's the one thing. Anybody looking at drip jobs, go through and read all the drips. Because on the first one of those jobs, I always do an exit interview. Why'd you pick me? How many bids did you get? Yeah. Yada, yada. And I'm like, well, I got your email. And she said, the customer said, that was your email. I'm like, oh, wow. so I looked Yeah. But I was glad it happened. Yeah. Yeah. So in other words, go through it first. So you know, when the customer responds to you, like what it is that you're doing. Now, yeah. some people think like, all right, well, drip jobs is like this, you know, communication thing. That's cool. But it's not just that, right? You can create proposals, you can project manage, like what we're trying to do is create an all in one solution for you. In terms of the proposal presentation, we just released an update on the look and feel of it. What do you think of that, man? Is it is it helping you in terms of uh, showcasing how professional you are based off of how it looks? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You look, that's one of the things I always get in that get in an exit interview if they've had three bids or two bids or whatever my price is usually right in there closer to the sure. top um what i get my proposals on is professionalism mm -hmm. um the way i communicate which is all drip jobs <laughs> yeah i don't it takes all of that off my plate sure um, in my business breakthrough in october november or whatever it was um i didn't have any employees i got four employees i'm just Huge. now I'm just now starting to be able to, to not have to be at the job. I still have to set them up. I don't have a lead yeah. painter. Oh, you're um, killing it, man. But I don't have to be on the job. A huge part of that is drip jobs. Wow. Yeah. Just able to schedule, communicate with my customers, uh, current customers, um, potential customers. It's for, for the price point. And I hate to say this to you because I like the price point of that for the price point. It's, and there's no contract. You don't have to sign up for a year. You don't have to sign. No. If you sign I don't even let any, I don't even let anyone do that. Right. It's a no brainer. Wow. My, I mean, my, you can't say it any better. Someone told me yesterday they would pay a thousand dollars per month for it. And I said, easy buddy. Yeah. Slow down. Slow down, pal. No, I'm kidding. I love it. You know, and it's awesome. Like in any situation, Aaron, like even me as a painting contractor and the way that I sell, realistically, I want to create more value than, than you feel like you're going to get. Like, in other words, I want to exceed your expectation. That's how you run your business, right? Like your customer pays you X amount of money. And then even though like you could do the bare minimum, it's natural for 
business owners that care to go a little above and beyond. And it's like, you know, I love that, man, because that's one of my goals is to like, wow you. And I think that, the, you know, the barrier is, is that in the same way, you ready for this? In the same way that when customers interview us as their painters, Aaron, they see the price and they instantly compare it to the people that came before them. And, and it's one of those things where it's like, well, this company came in at, you know, half your price. And it's like, okay, well, drip jobs is on the higher end, which isn't really that much. I call, I say, I tell people it's three gallons of paint a month, right? So you waste your three gallons of paint. You could have bought drip jobs at 147, but listen, the other estimating and invoicing softwares are 30 bucks, 40 bucks. And that's one of the barriers of entry. People say, well, Joyce is 30 bucks or QuickBooks is $25. And it's like, so let me ask you, if you had someone tell you that, what would you say to them to justify the 147 if they went for the advanced plan, which our lowest plan is 97? What would you say to them? I don't have any short answers. I had a car dealer tell me one time they put new brakes and new rotors on when they did an oil change on a vehicle that I had just purchased. And I went in to pick it up from the oil change. And I said, Hey, did you get a chance to look at the brakes? And he says, yeah, we put new pads and new rotors on. And I said, not only are you not charging me for it, you're not, you weren't going to mention it. And he said, Aaron, here's the deal. He says, if you don't like me, you're going to tell everybody you ever met. If you love me, if you love me, the flip side of that, you're going to tell a few people when you remember to you and I and every painter, every contractor out there is in the same boat. Um, the price, like you said, three gallons of paint, it's not like it's 10 times the price of your competition. It's a little more than your competition. It is also tailored to you. Right. It, um, to be honest, I couldn't accept, uh, credit cards before it, it happens seamless, seamlessly, uh, yeah to be my reviews i get more yeah. organic leads now because it asks for a review and at the end of every job in my exit interview i'm like all right you're gonna get a link to leave me a review please leave me a five-star review if not let me know why let me wow before, i guarantee you're getting 90 percent reviews every single time so it is worth that wow and it is dedicated to not dedicated it's primarily uh scaled to the painting industry it is. Uh, so for three gallons of paint a month as an owner or a decision maker in your company what's your time worth sure what's your time worth that's the good question what, right there what, what's your time worth i know what i mean i booked two ten thousand dollar jobs because i didn't have to follow up let's cut that in half two five thousand dollar jobs sure. what's your time worth to follow up on those yeah. To send pictures, yep. to find the pictures, to do all of that monkey business. What's yeah. your time? Wow. It's easily worth that. Joy. Last, qu- Last question. All right. So somebody justifies the expense, right? But here's yep. the other side of this. Man, I got to learn a whole new software, right? I got to figure out how to do it. How easy is the software? Uh, every single software takes, I hate it because it's a buzzword, a minute. This literally took about a minute. And one of the things that I have, I really appreciate while I've got you on a live call, I'll say it to your face. Thank you. When you message and have a question, you get a reply. Hey, I screwed up 
this part of the invoice. <laughs> said, all right, I'll fix it. And he sends me a video telling me, all right, here's how yeah. you do it. Hey, maybe we should schedule a refresher course. Uh, <laughs> like, let's super, jump on again. Go over this one again. The, the tech supports there. It's really pretty easy. Um, in fact, I was surprised. We went through uh, my onboarding call and we went through it and I was really surprised as to how easy I was doing it. It's, um, it's, it's a little more, I'm not, I'm, it's not more complicated. I'm not as familiar with it when you do, um, an invoice only, um, yep. if you're a contractor or if you have to split a job into multiple, you're doing some yep. this week. Some Those weeks. features are coming soon. So no. I know what you mean. So no, it's important that you know that <clears> because even me, and the thing is people don't, some people don't like people just come in the drip jobs. They're like, Oh, I'm like some tech guy. No, I own a painting business and I use this every day. And I run into these things like, okay, well, it rained on Monday and well, yep. we're not going to go Tuesday and Wednesday, but we got to go back Thursday and Friday. We need a way to, to, to schedule those on separate right. days. So it's on the radar, man. And I love that, man. Cause the feedback is good. I don't take it personal. I'm like, okay, well, you know, we got to knock that no, out I too. I didn't mean it. It's, it's an opportunity, I guess. Um, it it's, it's easy to implement it. If you are not uh, tech savvy, tech savvy, and you're using Joyce or QuickBooks now, I got to tell you, I've used QuickBooks. It's way easier than QuickBooks. You will be booking jobs and entering people yeah. in, in five and it minutes. It integrates with nope. QuickBooks if you use it for yep. like your accounting for and stuff. Your accounting. I hate no. QuickBooks. I am like anti QuickBooks. I even at this stage with my level of technical acumen i still can't navigate quickbooks effectively no it's tough it's tough it's really nice that drip jobs gives you as a selling point is you've got your own link and i put it on my instagram my facebook <laughs> everyone loves the link dude why wouldn't you yeah one job one job pays for it for the year plus yeah plus yeah it's huge aaron thank you my friend as always you always bring your energy and boost up boost me up, man. Um, thank you again for your time. Obviously this, you know, everything was raw. So again, my goal is to get this software in as many people's hands as possible, uh, for the, for the mission and what it's doing. It's freeing you, freeing your time, it's helping you grow. I mean, what greater, uh, purpose is that, man? So thanks again, bro. I appreciate you. No problem. I appreciate you. Have a great All day. Right, man.